0: You know, I'm grateful uh, for the past several weeks we've been in this, this uh, series, Spiritual Habits, and we've been talking about these elements of our spiritual journey that we engage and the, the need we have to engage spiritual disciplines with intentionality. And you know, at, at the beginning of a year, it's always great to hit the reset button. It's always good to just come back to that place of understanding what God is calling us to in our lives. And in our walk with Him. And, and so these last several weeks, we've been discussing the importance of spiritual disciplines as a regular part of our lives. And these habits, or spiritual habits as we call them, really, truly shape the fabric of our, of our journey with, with God. Our spiritual journey. And our interactions with others as well. Our, and ultimately, our ability to, to be the kind of people who point people to Jesus. Be those followers of Jesus who truly reflect His nature. In the last several weeks, we've unpacked the disciplines of Bible reading. We talked about prayer. And this last week, we, we, we discussed giving and the importance of having that be a natural part of our, our life and our journey. Today, we're going to be concluding our conversation as we take a, a closer look at the spiritual habit of community, of community, the need we have to be together in relationship and authentic community and the need we have to build up one another with the love of jesus and today as we consider these elements of community as a spiritual habit we need to understand that the desire for community is something that i think comes natural for each and every one of us we we desire relationship with others we desire that connection But the truth is real relationship is messy Right? If we if we step into relationship or interactions with people, it's it's sometimes not pretty. Because we all possess this this natural desire to, to belong, right? To be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. The difficulty is that real authentic relationships are hard. Because we're all human and we're all imperfect. We all carry all of our own different opinions and beliefs and convictions about this, that, and the other thing. You know, we're chocked full of our own ideas and ways that we think the world should operate. And our perspective always tends to shape our reality. How we see the world. If we're not careful, we, we can place our opinions, our beliefs, and our convictions above relationship and our need for community we can quickly kind of take our things that we hold so tight to place them over interaction and relationship you know i'm not i'm not sure if you've noticed that but but this but but america is pretty jacked up right our country is a little bit of a mess right now you don't have to look very far to to see the tension and you, to see the the difficulty that, that that's going on in our country and it's 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 tough. I mean honestly, if we're, if we're honest, we we don't like one another. You know, we go home and we you know, we 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 hit the little you know, the little clicker to get the garage door to go up. We pull in, we hit it as we're as, as we're pulling in, we hit it and it goes down behind us and draw the shades, hunker down and forget about relationship. Seems like we can't agree on anything. Can't talk about anything lest somebody get offended. Right, we can't even disagree with respect anymore. You know, there was there was a day when you could say, you know what, I let's just agree to disagree. Right? You know? you could settle an argument with, let's just agree to disagree. We're in we're we're in different points of the spectrum here. Let's just respectfully enjoy one another's company within our disagreement. We don't do that anymore. We're split politically. We're we're mask on or mask off. We're we're pro-vax or anti-vax, and it seems like at every corner there's disagreement. That doesn't even take in the news. I mean, you turn on the news these days, and you've got the you know the pundits. I don't even know what a pundit is, but they're like, they, you know they call those people on the right and on the left and you know, they're interviewing them and they're, what do you think about this? Well, ba-da-da-da-da, da, da, you know, and then the other person's on the other extreme and, you know, they start off by sharing just some wonderful thoughts and opinions and then all of a sudden they're shouting at each other and the, the newscaster's trying to play referee like, hey, can't we all just get along? It gets a little bit depressing. Where we look at people and, the, you know, it's not very long before the insults get hurled and name-calling starts and we go, what in the world? going on and it can be disheartening you know it's interesting as american individualism has been emphasized over the years the emphasis has become a personal relationship with god to the point that many people who call themselves christians seem to think church is optional they seem to think that christian community is just kind of a add-on to our walk with jesus well, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. you know, And if I want to go to church or if I want to spend time in community with people, it's just something I'll add in where I can. And we tend to get very comfortable in our spirituality. And we pull back from authentic relationship for one reason or another. But the truth is intentional Christian community is a non-negotiable part of being a believer. Literally, Jesus calls the church His body. The body of Christ. And guess what? When we step into relationship with Jesus, when we choose to follow God, you are adopted into the body of Christ. Whether you want it to be or not. But intentional Christian community has to be something that is prioritized. It has to be something that becomes important. You know, John Wesley said Christianity is not a religion for solitude and solitary. The Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. Look at the life of Jesus. Jesus was constantly surrounded by people. He was constantly going to have lunch and interact and and talk and teach and spend time with people. Even even as the disciples were shooing all the kids away, Jesus said, no, let the children come come unto Me. He picked them up and He put them on His lap. We see relationship throughout Scripture. And we see this emphasis placed at the very beginning of the Bible. God the Father, God God the Son, and the Holy Spirit together in perfect community. And they begin to create. They begin to speak the world into existence. And as they do that, they create man. Man. And in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God knew that fellowship, that community, that togetherness was something that we would need. And so it wasn't very long before He made that possible. Why is it that our innate desire is to win at all costs? Right, we're just—I don't know why, why we are—we're always so competitive. You know, there was a season of my life where I, I needed to win. I needed to win every argument. I needed to, you know, to to make sure that I was always right. That was where Gretchen's and, and my my relationship began with a with a ten dollar bet. You know, about whether or not Greg LuGanis hit his head on a platform or springboard. Just so we're clear, the record reflects that I was correct. And uh, it was a springboard. So, so we're. But we, we're, we're wired that way, where we, where we always want to be right. We always want to get the upper hand. We want to win the argument, and yet we lose a relationship. Right? We, we want to gain the upper hand in, 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 a, in a conversation only to forfeit fellowship with someone. We want to make our point only to have someone stop listening. It's difficult. But community was God's idea. And and when we can learn to walk humbly, placing ourselves second or third or fourth, we can walk humbly in love and appreciate one another, we can more often than not find common ground. Because the truth of the matter is that's where authentic community begins when we find commonality. Authentic community begins and is born in commonality. So often in life, we we seem to want to chase after the things that we think and promote the things that we think are right. And we lift our disagreements instead of focusing on the areas that we have in common. Those moments where we can connect and say, yeah, I believe that too. Yeah, that's important to me as well. Because real authentic community and relationship almost always comes out of the finding and embracing of common thoughts and beliefs. That's where real community starts. Oh, you have kids too? Oh yeah. You're in a similar season of life. Truth is, the only answer and hope for our world, especially our country, exists in Jesus Christ and His church. Did you hear that? We're the only hope this world has. You and I, though, those who call ourselves the followers of Jesus, we're the only hope. That's a heavy burden and responsibility. But the truth is, people see Jesus through us. They experience the love of God through us, or they don't. We're the only hope because we have the belief, the faith, the trust that we've found in Jesus. The hope that exists outside of what happens in this world. The church cannot stand or exist, though, if it's split. If we're divided by opinions and ideas and theologies. Why is it that we get so wrapped up in, you know, oh yeah, well, are you guys pre trib or are you post trib? Do You guys, you know, do the full immersion, you know, grab them by the ankles and dip them, or you, you just kind of sprinkle? And we get wrapped up in all these secondary aspects of spirituality, missing the fact that God has created us to be a spiritual community that loves God and loves people. Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16, 18, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not overcome it. What an incredible declaration that Jesus made. But the reality is he's, he's saying the same to each of us today. Put your name in the place of Peter. God's desire is to build present active tense, Not, hey, Peter, I'm going to build my church. Weapons of hell. Won't prevail against it. And it's done and it's over. There we go. No, God is still building His church. God is still building the body of Christ through you and through me. And the truth of the matter is as we step out and allow ourselves to be the church, as we step out and allow ourselves to be the body of Christ, the dark weapons of this world will not overcome it. I'm here to tell you, they've been trying to attack the church. They've been trying to destroy the church for thousands of years. It ain't happening. God is still God. He is still all-powerful. He is still almighty. And we have to make the decision to model His love to a lost and dying world. So today we're talking about community. What some would refer to as fellowship. And fellowship is absolutely vital within the church. Without fellowship, we're totally lost. When we isolate ourselves from relationship, that's when when things get really, really sticky stuff goes south quick when we relinquish our desire to be in a relationship seriously we we need people we need each other more than we know because it's strength is found in a relationship strength is found in community you hear me we need each other i'm telling you cuz life's tough Sometimes we walk through impossible stuff. If we don't have people around us who love and care for us despite the decisions that we make, despite the stuff that we're going through, despite the way we think and the flaws that we have in that, then life gets pretty hopeless pretty quick. So what is fellowship? It comes from a Greek word that maybe you've heard. koinonia It's an interesting word. It's translated several ways throughout the New Testament. In some verses we see it as participation or partnership, sharing, and, and of course fellowship. A study I read states these various uses of koinonia convey two related meanings. The first one is to share together in the sense of joint participation or partnership. Joint participation. Or partnership. The, the second is to share with in the sense of giving what we have to others. So we're in joint partnership. We're in relationship. And what we have, we share. We give. Without exception. Without second guessing. No, we just give of ourselves. And you know, the early believers didn't practice this through a common love for a, a, a TV show or or beautiful charcuterie boards you know where they were like laying everything out ah oh, isn't it great to be together did you see my meats they were more interested and more committed to a common love for Christ to a common love for Jesus and their life or death mission together was to take their love for Jesus out and to share it to the ends of the earth so that all people might hear the good news of the gospel. It's a great commission. Go therefore to the ends of the earth, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. It was a word that represented a, a deep and united purpose to be on mission together at all costs. Why is it that In these countries in the world where you can't preach the Gospel, those people are so on fire for God. They're so committed to sharing the Gospel at the risk of their lives, imprisonment. And yet, we in America, for some reason, take for granted what we have. We take for granted the opportunity we can come together in the church or online and and celebrate and worship and pray for one another. And we tend to just kind of go, "Ah, I guess I'll go. I feel feel good this week. Hopefully church will be good. we will have something worth my time. Literally, koinonia consists in the fact that Christians are those who have in common the desire to have the same mind as God and Christ. And to share in the blessings that come from a relationship with God. It's a choice to embrace areas that we can agree upon. Placing a higher value on those than the areas that we disagree. It begins with leaning into the areas of commonality while striving to understand and validate the places where our opinions and beliefs differ. We elevate The common belief and understand that every one of us is different. We show love. We show grace sometimes. Because the truth is, devotion to God is evident in the healthy growth of community. You want to see a growing community? You see devoted followers of Jesus. You want to see a church that's healthy? you see people who are wholeheartedly committed to the Gospel. Not just for themselves, but for other people. We're not satisfied with just status quo Christianity. We're not satisfied to just show up at church on Sunday and go, and then just kind of go about our week. Now, when real, healthy, and authentic community exists, People grow together in their love for and devotion to each other and to God. It's not happenstance. It's not accidental. It's intentional. Intentional relationship. You know, the greatest illustration of fellowship in the Bible can be found in Acts chapter 2 in the early church. Our main text today is is found in Acts 2.42. If you want to flip there, you can. Verses will be on the board. But it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, and everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miracles, miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number daily. It wasn't about attendance numbers. It wasn't about becoming a megachurch. It wasn't about having all the, the fanciest new fads in ministry. It was about coming together and giving one another it's an amazing picture of the church look at all the things they were doing and they were doing them together that's the key we can get we can get busy doing a lot of things but if we lose sight of the fact that we've been called to do those things together then we've missed the whole idea of community They were sharing everything. They were eating. They were praying. They were praising. They were worshiping. They were giving. All done together in the name of Jesus. Because of a shared belief in who Jesus was. And the ministry He had just done. I especially love verses 43 and 47. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. They were in awe of what was going on in the church. Of the changes, of the healings, of the transformations. When did we stop being in awe of God's ability to change a heart? To see somebody who's walking this way and is, is wrapped up in addiction and life-controlling substances and, and then all of a sudden God gets a hold of their heart and everything changes. When did we lose the awe that's found in the finished work of Jesus? Verse 47, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Did you hear that? The Lord added to their number daily Can you imagine what it would be like if every one of us stepped out of the church and stepped into our lives, into our workplaces, into our schools, into our homes, and seeked to share and show the love of Jesus to the point where every day, lives were being changed. People's names were being added to the Kingdom of God. The church began to grow. awe and wonders and signs and everyday people were embracing Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the church. It happened because of fellowship. Because of a commitment to community. It's a community where we're willingly able to share what we have. We say yes. Our money, our gifts, our talents. We just say yes. Whatever's needed, I'm here. I want to step up. I want to be a part. I want to bless somebody. Because when we seek to serve one another and support one another and bear one another's burdens, then we'll be successful in building people up in the love of Jesus. We'll be successful in seeing the church grow. Not just numerically, but the people's names would be added to the Lamb's Book of Life. The point is to be of the same mind, to be of one heart. To look at the needs of others. It doesn't mean that we're all identical, that we all become a, a spiritual robot and That was weird. Sorry. But we're united. As the body of Christ, we're united. We might look different. We might talk different. We might have different priorities. We might have different opinions. We may not even see the same way when it comes to politics and all this other nonsense. But we're united together. With Christ. We have a unity which can't be broken. That's Why? The church still exists. In Acts 4.32, Luke again tells us, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Everything. What if we did that? What if when we saw a need, we just stepped up and said, hey, here you go. What if we became the kind of people who didn't wait to be asked, but we just saw the need and we stepped up? We said yes, God, I want to be used today for your glory, for your honor, so that your kingdom can be furthered. One heart, one mind, with everything in common. Because of the church, we can get to the place where nobody has a need. Nobody. And what happened? In Scripture, the power of Jesus exploded in the church. The kingdom of God exploded all around them. And the world was changing because of the courage of those first and early believers. The church was growing. when When we have fellowship and community, we have power. There's a communion we have with one another as the church. But we have to walk in obedience. So the question becomes, do we want to be part of God's desire to grow and build His church? Because it's a, it's a decision we have to make. Not a building. Not a ministry. Not a new service. Not a new hip hip way of doing, doing church. But a community of people bound together by faith and their belief in God. Desiring to continually be leading people into a growing relationship Jesus, not just a catchy slogan, not something we just put on on a board, but truly desiring to walk with people as they discover Christ. Because here's the reality. True fellowship, the kind that we're talking here, Koinonia, true fellowship goes beyond merely socializing. I mean, if we're honest, seriously, who really, truly likes potlucks? Yeah, y'all say you do. But everybody shows up and kind of goes, maybe not. Maybe not today. It's bubbling. I don't know what's in there. It's, I like my insides the way they are. Now, But too often, church just becomes social hour. We come together once a week, and it's like, hey, it's all you know—high fives, hugs, and handshakes—and then we walk back out, and life just goes back to being normal. I'm overly stressed. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. I'm confused. Life doesn't seem to have purpose. It's important. To understand that real fellowship and community requires that you move past the comfort and safety of small talk. Real true fellowship is not just like, hey, how's it going? And you hope they say fine and then you can dispense with the formalities and move on. Well, let me tell you. Uh, You know what? I actually had an appointment and I didn't think this was going to take that long, so... It's moving past the small talk. It's moving past the comfort of, how's it going? I don't really want to know. And understanding that when we truly care, we want to know the heavy stuff. We want to know the hard stuff. We want to step into the messiness of relationship. You know, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching i think if i was to make the statement this morning that we believe we're in the end times the scriptural end times that we see in the bible I don't think there would be too many people who would probably disagree with that statement. We look at the wars and the rumors of wars. We look at the natural disasters. We look at how people are just at one another. And I think we could probably all agree. And what does it say? Encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. What day is that? the day that Jesus returns. I have to believe that the, the people of Israel, that, that, that the, the, the first century church believed that Jesus was coming back. It was happening. The promised Messiah was coming back. So I don't know if it's tomorrow, a year from now, a thousand years from now, but I can tell you that we can't wait We don't have the ability to go, well, you know what, I don't really feel like loving people today, so maybe I'll do it tomorrow. I'm not really in the best season of life to encourage people with the love of Jesus. So I might just take this year off. We just don't have that luxury. We are talking about people's never-dying souls that will spend eternity in one place or the other, heaven or hell. And we have the ability, we have the hope, we have the... we have the gospel to change that equation for them. Have you ever seen a real cowboy or a real cowgirl? That's a weird question. You know, the kind that walk in and they've got the spurs on. Where you're like, ah, ha, ha, like that's a real cowboy, he's got spurs on, you know, they they come walking into the store and they're like I worked on that all weekend. <laughs> but think about it. You know, you got, the, you got the cowboy with the spurs on, and most of those guys are not wearing those for show, right? They got dirt all over their boots, and, you know, they're the real deal. But can you imagine being on, on the receiving end of those spurs? You were the horse, right? Think about that. Getting those little spikes jammed into your ribs, you know, with all the strength and force of a cowboy can muster. That'd be awesome. Talk about ouch. But that's what we see in this passage of scripture. Verse twenty-four, spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. That doesn't appear to be a comfortable mamby-pamby, you know, nice, nice, light, fluffy Christianity. It's not this sweet, gentle, soft-spoken type of spurring, no. It's a little painful. And sometimes authentic community can be painful. Because we have to be honest with ourselves and with others about the junk that exists in our lives. Because we're all jacked up. And if we can't be honest with one another, if we can't be honest with ourselves, then we won't ever be honest with God. To see our flaws, to see our faults, and to see our need to grow. Naturally, community can be a little bit uncomfortable when we first step into it. As we first start spurring one another on but as over time as we get more and more used to being vulnerable with one another and engaging one another with the love of Jesus it can be the most powerful force that the world's ever seen the church of god united together to seek and save the lost mission of jesus because here's the reality the enemy is lurking the enemy of your soul wants to destroy you. The Bible says that the, the, the devil is like a lion. 1 Peter 5:8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to snack on? No, to devour. It's to destroy you. And if you've ever spent any time watching the little National Geographic specials, like, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of enjoy some of the nature stuff. Do you ever see a lion out hunting? You know, big old packs of 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 fifty zebras, zebras, zebra, zebra. I don't know what the plural of zebra is. No, they always they, they go after them and then they what do they do? They isolate one. Right? They get they get their their prey off on by themselves. And that's when they attack, by isolating. And if we understand this reality, then the first rule is, what? Always oh, stay with the group. Stay with the group. Don't allow yourself to be isolated. But what is our tendency? Our tendency is to pull back. When life gets hard when stuff gets messy. When we're struggling, when we're confused, when we're depressed, when we're anxious, we pull back. I've got to put the walls up. I just I can't do this right now. And we come to that place where we isolate ourselves from the very community that can strengthen us and support us and lift us. And the enemy of your soul is waiting to destroy you. You know, when we were kids, you, you wanted to, to go do something, right? you asked ask mom and dad, what, what would they say? I'll use the buddy system. Mom, I want to go swimming in the pool. Well, nope, grab your brother. Oh, I want to go to the store. Nope, d- 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 grab, grab something of your friends. We always use the buddy system. You know, hiking in the woods, use the buddy system, right? And even as we got older, right, if I wanted to go to hang, you know, hang out or go do something, who are you going with? Who's going to be there? When are you going to be getting back? You know, all the questions. Because the reality is there's strength in community. There's strength in relationship. There's strength in togetherness. But community requires a level, level of vulnerability and an understanding that we're always better off together. We're always better off when we're in relationship. So here's a question for you. Are you willing to be spurred on by one another? Are you willing to be, allow people into your life that will have the right to give you a little kick in the rear? The truth is we can all use a swift kick to the old hindquarters every once in a while. Because sometimes we get ourselves stuck in stuff. And we isolate ourselves. and We pull back from relationship. And sometimes we need people who love us to say, uh-uh, you're not getting off that easy. We are going to lunch this week, and I'm not going to take no for an answer. Because I care about you. And I can see you're hurting. And I can see you're walking through something that's impossible. And I want you to know you're not alone. Sometimes we have to pull we have to go right past the fine. I'm fine. And dig a little deeper. And care a little bit a little bit more. Or are you willing to allow people to speak into your life at that level? Because the common faith that we have in Jesus finished work is what binds us together in perfect community. We can, when we can all embrace that, that God sent His Son to live and die and be resurrected for each and every one of us, we say, yes, I believe that, boom. We're bound together in the perfect community that exists in the body of Christ. Does that mean we're all perfect? No. God's form of relationship sure is The reality is the redeeming work has already been done. And all of us are messed up and in need of saving. And Jesus took care of that at the cross when He died and was resurrected on the third day. The work is done. There is no need to be hopeless. So are we willing to commit ourselves to God's form of community? Because it looks like different than the world's definition. The world's definition is figure it out yourself. Self-medicate. If you're struggling, there's a prescription for that. If people hurt you, push them away. Put your walls up. Don't let them do that to you again. And I'm here to tell you that the world's way doesn't work. It will leave you desperate and alone, and destroyed emotionally, physically, and mentally, spiritually. And it will leave you wanting. So if we were to create the rules, or you know, if you're a lover of parliamentary procedure, the bylaws of community at neighborhood church, maybe this is what they would look like. Be genuine in love. Don't tell somebody you care if you don't. Don't tell somebody you're going to pray for them if you don't intend to. Be genuine in your love for people. Extend love freely and without measure. Hold tight to what's good. So often we focus on the negative. Well, you know, so and so. We hold on to the negative the stupid things that people say, the idiotic decisions that we all make, do we hold on to that or do we believe for better? Do we hold on to the good and say, you know what, I don't care how jacked up that person is or how much they hate me. They are a child of God. I'd like to stick that sticker on somebody's chest after they just lambasted you. And told you how what they thought of you. Hold tight to what's good. Love with a brotherly or a sisterly affection. I have three brothers. They are all jacked up. I'm probably a, a jacked up brother myself. Maybe. But I love my brothers. No matter what they do to me. No matter the, what decisions they make. I love them dearly. I would go to war for my brothers. Do we love people with that kind of love? That kind of unconditional love? Or we say, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how you harm me or others. I love you. doesn't mean I condone it, but I love you. I believe that God can get a hold of your heart. I believe your heart can be transformed like mine was love for the brotherly sisterly affection outdo one another in showing honor what if we what if what if our quest was to show honor above and beyond you know it'd be like you know well thank you no thank you no thank you no thank you you know and we got to that place where we wanted to honor people above the honor that we felt It wasn't about us anymore. Don't be lazy in showing the passion of the love of Jesus. Show it. Let it bubble over. Let it come out of you. Contribute. Give to the church. Give of yourselves your times, your gifts, your resources. Have you said yes to a role in the church? Have you said yes to the gifts that you have? Are you giving them freely? Show hospitality. Bless people, your friends and your not friends, the ones that are a little harder to love. Celebrate with one another and weep with one another. Cry with those who are struggling. Live in harmony with one another. Here's, here's the crazy thing about this it's not rocket science. Not like you have to have some PhD to exist in fellowship and relationship. No, it's a, it's, this is straightforward living for a follower of Jesus. This is what we've been called to, to. Love God. Love people. I don't know that I've ever been worked up for a message like I am for this. Because the reality is the church has gone... Whoosh. Over the last two years, we've all got really comfy... In status quo Christianity. We've all gotten to the place, myself included. When we shut down a year and a half, two years ago, and we were told we couldn't meet, and we were having church online, I remember preaching to a camera lens lens, which was not a lot of fun, and then sitting on our couch on Sunday morning and watching our church service, and I was like, This is actually pretty good. I'm still in my pajamas. Babe, can I get another cup of coffee? Because this is great. We all got pretty darn comfortable, let's be honest. And it got really easy to just stay home. to Just steer clear to not be in relationship. That's not what God's desire has been for us. There are too many of us who have become isolated who've distanced ourselves from relationship and community. And we're paying the price. I saw this quote the other day on Facebook. The danger of missing church is that soon you don't miss it. I'm sure every one of us could probably say, yeah. But listen to the words of John in 1 John. We are called to walk in fellowship with God and with one another. And His love, His grace, His perfect mercy will forgive us of all of our sin as we walk in relationship with others. John's point is that we can't say one thing and then live a totally different way. I'm a follower of Jesus, but I really don't have time for relationship right now. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a part of the body of Christ, but I, I can't go and be there because I got a lot of stuff going on. Fellowship is a oneness of purpose and cause, setting aside personal agendas, the focused purpose. Because if we have fellowship, it's based on the fact that we live for and serve Jesus. And here's it here's the deal it's not about perfect church attendance, it's not about being at church every time the doors are open about prioritizing relationship and community knowing that the worst place we can find ourselves is isolated does anybody enjoy taking rubber bands and making them into rubber band balls anybody yeah we've got a few of you I actually uh, just went ahead and purchased this one because I don't have the patience to actually make a probably lose my mind but you know, rubber band balls are kind of interesting. If you were to take the entire rubber band ball apart, you would find a lot of rubber bands. Because <laughs> it's a rubber band ball. It's made out of rubber bands. know. Yeah. But I believe this, this rubber band is this this rubber band ball is reflective of the church being a community community who, who participate in fellowship. Right? First, first off, I can I can do more with the with the rubber band ball than I can do with a with a single rubber band. I can play with the rubber band ball. I can roll it. Right? I can bounce it. I can even throw it. I'm I don't I'm gonna, I want to hit somebody in the face right. But there's a lot we can do with the rubber band ball because they're got a lot of rubber bands. If I, if I need Two rubber bands, I've got them, right? I'm not just stuck with one rubber band. But this single rubber band can't be, can't really be thrown very far. You know, it's, it doesn't bounce. You know, it doesn't roll. I mean, you can wrap a newspaper, you know. But it doesn't do a whole lot by itself. And if it cracks or it breaks, it's pretty useless. You're kind of out of luck. But this rubber band ball, it has another benefit because if you were to look closely at the middle of the rubber band ball, over time, the rubber bands will begin to crack, break, they get older. But the beauty of the rubber band ball is that we're all... Bound together, banded together, maybe. And the strength is the community. The healthy rubber bands surround the broken rubber bands, the dried out, the, the worn, the weathered. In a sense, they're protecting them, keeping them as part of the fellowship of the rubber band ball. But that should be the picture of the church. We care for and protect one another. That we're stronger together. That we don't lose sight of what one another need. And as we continue to grow in our relationship with God and in our relationship with one another, the best way we can do that is being bound together in relationship, in community. And as we have a desire to grow in relationship and community at Neighborhood Church, we want to facilitate more opportunities for that growth. So this year, we're bringing a lot of things back, life groups. We're desiring to relaunch our life groups. and So we're in need of hosts and facilitators to open their homes and to help facilitate life groups. If you desire, please email or write on a connection card, I want to be a part of or help facilitate a life group. We also know there's great opportunities for us to be together as a church family. And so we're bringing back our midweek opportunities starting February 16th. We'll be bringing back some discipleship opportunities on Wednesday nights starting at 6 o'clock. There'll be stuff for adults, stuff for youth and kids. We're going to be kicking things off with a study called Winning the War in Your Mind based off of Craig Groeschel's book, Learning How to Think. As I said at the beginning of this message, we are all, every one of us, a bit of a mess if we're honest. But the church, even with all our different opinions and beliefs, we can still come together in the name of Jesus because we have this common faith Bound together in unity. It's the power of the blood of Jesus which leads us to be family leads us to come together as one. Knowing that we're stronger together. That we're better together. That we can lift one another when we come together. So the question is, will we step into real community this year? Would you stand your feet this morning as we close? Father, we love You. And we thank You that You are the author and the perfecter of relationship and community. You showed us how to be in community. You gave us the privilege to be called Your children. You invited us into relationship even as we walked through our lives and made decisions that were contrary to Your desire. Father, we know that no matter where we found ourselves, no matter where we've been, You call us back to Yourself as that Father who calls the prodigal son home. You see us and you love us and you say yes, come back. So Today, Father, our desire is that we would have the courage to step into relationship. That we would have the courage to say yes to community. That we would have the courage to reach outside of ourselves to invite people into community. So that your church and your kingdom would grow. But Father, we need Your help. We need You to show us how to love people with Your love. We need You to show us how to speak peace when we would rather say something else. God, help us today. It's about Your church. It's about Your body. And every one of us is a part of it. So help us to be those who would strengthen others who would love others, who would bless others so that your family can grow, so that those who are lost can find a Savior. God, we worship you and we thank you. You know, the Bible says that God's desire is that none would perish, that everyone would come to the knowledge and understanding their need of a Savior. And so today, maybe you find yourself in a place where you say, I haven't said yes to community. I've not engaged in relationship. I've not chosen to follow Jesus with my whole heart. And you want to experience real, true community. You want to experience what it means to be in relationship. Today, we want to give you that opportunity. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And those of us who made that decision, who stepped into that relationship, know everything changes. And so we want to give you that opportunity this morning. We're going to say a, a brief prayer, and we, we ask that you would say that prayer with us. And when you make that declaration, God is faithful, forgive you of your sin. To invite you into community. Church, can we say this together? Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe Your Son Jesus Christ came to this earth to show me how to live. And He died and was raised back to life so I can have a relationship with You. I ask You today to come into my heart Be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for You today. In Jesus' name, Amen. It says the angels in heaven throw a party even if one comes to Jesus. And so this morning, we're grateful. We're grateful that God is still inviting us into relationship. Here's the challenge, church. As we go out of this place, we make a decision each and every day how we're going to live our lives. Are we living our lives in such a way where we're inviting people into that family? We're inviting people into the community, the body of Christ? Or are we living our lives just one crazy moment to the next? We have the ability to invite people to know Jesus. And sometimes it's as simple as a kind word, a loving gesture, a willingness to listen when we're hoping they'll just say fine and move on. So as we go out of this place, let's be committed to community. Let's be committed to saying yes to what God is desiring to do in and through our lives. And I am confident that as we say yes to that, that God's church is going to grow. Not just numerically. It's not about that. It's about pointing people to Him and seeing Him transform their lives. Let's commit to that this week. God bless you. We pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Let's go out and continue to be the neighborhood this week. God bless you.